your home of the Pens and the best Pens coverage. WXDX FM Pittsburgh and iHeart Radio Station. If the Penguins don't have Evgeny Malkin for the series against the Caps, or part of it, the Penguins could still win. If the Penguins don't have Carl Hagel for the series against the Caps, or part of it, the Penguins can still win. Let's have a look at the absence of Carl Hagelin first. He's not going to fill the net ever. Although he did have two goals in the first round, which is fine. But Hagelin sets the tone with his forecheck, and he's a good compliment to Malkin and Kessel. I'm not sure you could play Gino and Phil together indefinitely with, like, Aston Reese on that line or whoever. But that might not be a problem right now because Gino might be out. The good news is he's not in a cast or a walking boot, and there's no sign of amputation. If Gino does miss a game or games, you still have Sid at center. You've got Derek Broussard, who would be the second-line center on just about every other team in the league, and you've got Riley Shane, who did well in Gino's spot on Sunday. It's not as good. How could it be? Gino's one of the top five players in the league, but you can't make do. You just got to play tighter defense. Murray has to be better. Keep the games close against Washington, and you can win close games because you always do win it when it's close against the Caps. It would be tough without Malkin and Hagelin, but it's supposed to be tough. Injuries happen in the playoffs. The Penguins just scored eight goals in a playoff game without Geno. You got to keep cool and concentrate on who can play. This team has always been good at doing that. Sick again, helping you build the right way since, uh, wait, excuse me, Sick again brought to you by 84 Lumber, helping you build the right way since 1956. Uh, you, know, you don't want to, like, I, I, I've not heard people say that the Penguins can't win this series without Geno or without Hagelin. I have heard optimism wane a bit because of those potential absences, but, but you know, it, it's just, you can't even think about that. Well, I guess fans can, and certainly media people can. But, you know, the team doesn't think about that. Believe me, they don't. Believe me, these guys, the two-time Stanley Cup champs who won last year without their best defenseman, these guys don't feel like they're up against it no matter who's injured. They just go out and do their jobs. Uh, Gino and Hagelin were called day-to-day by head coach Mike Sullivan. Gino is lower body. Hagelin's upper body, duh. Uh, Jason Mackey, the Post-Gazette, pointed out that the Penguins have always said concussion when there's a concussion, but maybe not this time because what happened to Hagelin, that high hit by Giroux, certainly did look like a concussion. Uh, we talked about this last hour. The big consideration without Gino is the power play. Gensel replaces Malkin, and why not? He's certainly for nothing. He's certainly the hot hand, and I would assume Sid plays on the right half wall where Malkin is usually. Hagelin is a big loss on the PK. That PK was not so good the regular season, but it killed 19 out of 21 in the first round and made some big kills like that four-on-three on Sunday at Philly, and that was after Hagelin left the game. So uh, this is winnable no matter who is and isn't playing. 
it, it, it is like, in some ways, you're kind of like pissed because it's the pens and caps again. And you'd like to play different teams. And I would not be adverse to that seeding one through eight in the East and going one versus eight, two versus seven, regardless of division. But uh, they are playing the Caps. The series is always tight. It is Sid against Dovey. I think it's going to be terrific. A lot of fun to watch. I'm not going to make a prediction until I know what's going on with Malkin and Haglin. But even without those two, the Penguins can win the series. Let's go to Mike and Swickley. Mike, you're on with Double M. So uh, all season you said Haglin stinks. And no, I didn't. No, I didn't. I said, no, I didn't, Mike. Did. I said, no, Mike, no, Mike, we'll put you on hold for a second so you can listen to an adult talk. At the beginning of the year, I said Haglin had stopped scoring, and he had. He barely scored. What was it, two goals in the first 40-some games? And after that, he rallied as he does in the second half of the season. But I never used the word stinks as refers to Carl Haglin. Okay, you can talk now. If you can learn to have some manners, Junior, you can talk. Are you ready to have some manners? I'm ready. Okay, now I'll hang up on you. Think about that, you dork. You stayed on hold for 30 seconds only to hear me hang up on you. <laughs> uh, he's probably like, you know, there's a rich area and a poor area so quickly. I bet that kid's homeless. Let's go to Rob in Peters Township. Rob, you're on with Mark. <laughs> hey, Mark, how you doing? That was good. Good, thanks. Hey, I, I just wanted to ask you, how do you feel when you see a Vetchkin when they have a power play wide open on the left point? And they just leave him over there wide open like he's waiting for the bus. I, I don't get it, but I don't know how to stop it. Tell me what you would do. I would I would probably have somebody like big guy, fast guy like Kunok will just shadow him when they have the power play. Just stay right on. Okay, then how do you set up the other three guys? And by the way, Kunhaka would be a good choice. I said earlier I wouldn't know who to do that with, but Kunhaka would be the guy. Well, thank you. I uh I don't know. They just have to make adjustments. So the firepower that the grade A has, I mean, you can't leave him stand there by himself ready to just blast it. I know, but it, but it happens time and again. Uh, that was commented upon last night because he had that big rip for the third goal of the game, his second goal. Yeah. And, I, and I forget who was doing color, but he said, you know it's coming and you don't stop it. Why is that? But, but there's got to be – you know what? Next time I see Mike Sullivan uh, – hopefully between now and the start of the series, I'm going to ask him why that is. That's a real good question. But there's got to be a good reason because it just – here's my hunch, bro. I think that if you did man up on him, that he would go to the net and that would open up the ice for all their other guys. That's got to be the reason why. Let's go to Russ in the car. Russ, wrong with double M. Yeah, hi, Mark. I'm going to make a comment. Uh, I think Penguins got a less chance of winning – against Washington this season series because our Flurry's not going to be there. He carried us last year over to over that season over that uh, series. Uh, yeah. So you don't think Matt Murray, the guy who won the last two Stanley Cups, can beat Washington? Um, he he has less chance. We had better he, chance. No, no he beat Washington in sixteen. Why would you think that? Why are you that stupid? Why are you the way you are? I'm not. Why am I the way I'm No, that, seriously, I'm a, I'm a, I can't. I'm a flurry favorite. I'm a flurry fan. Well, look, right. your little crushes are going to have to go by the wayside for objective hockey talk. Okay. Well, well objective is Murray ain't playing that well. No, Murray okay, needs to play better. That's, that, that's, that, that, no, no, that part's definitely true. Murray needs to play better. 
There's no question about that. Right, right. I'm, all I said is we have less of a chance because I think well, we got rid of a better goalie. And he's no, already they, they, bro, the bro, bro, they, You know why? Because they parked the bus in front of the friggin' net. And I'm not ripping Mark. Mark's done a great job out there. But their system is so much more defensive that, of course, it's going to affect his stats. Playing goal for the Penguins is a very unique job. Okay? They attack, 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 attack. And you have to clean up the mess sometimes. And it's harder to do, and you're going to allow more goals. Well, you say, or you think they're blocking more shots or less shots? Well, they don't have Ian Cole anymore, so they couldn't possibly be blocking more shots. Okay, well, that, that's going to come into factor, too, because... Okay, I, I was being really sarcastic, dumbass. Yeah, well, Murray's he has more prone to, I, like I said, my point was that... And, you know, we tend to okay. disagree, agree. No, no, it's not a matter of disagreeing or agreeing. It's a matter of you're wrong and I'm right. I'm smart, okay. you're stupid, I understand the game, and you don't. Goodbye. Love of God, people are still riding that horse. 412-333-9939 is the number to call. Uh, we got Stan Stafford at the bottom of the hour. And it is 4 nothing at Anfield. But Roma came back from 3-9 against Barcelona. You know what? I, I wrote a column about this last week. And I mean this very sincerely. I mentioned on the program. When the Penguins blew the 1975 quarterfinal series against the Islanders after being up three games to none, they lost four straight, that scarred me for life. Good or bad, I never take anything for granted. And the reality is, Liverpool are beating the crap out of these guys. It's 4 nothing. It could be 8 nothing. It may yet be 8 nothing. But you got to go back to Roma. you got to play there. And like I said, that 1975 thing scarred me. I will say this, though. If there's a Sidney Crosby in soccer, it's Mo Salah. No question. He is the Sidney Crosby of soccer. Let's see if this guy's a better idea on what to do with Ovi on the power play. Joe in Bethel Park. Joe, you're on with Mark. Hey, Mark. Hey, um, I was just thinking if uh, if they would set up in, like, a diamond formation opposed to, like, in the blocks, um, they'd be able to, cause he usually, he typically fires from, uh, like, like the mid point of the circle, if I'm not mistaken. He kind of cuts in off the five nothing. He kind of cuts in off the circle. Yeah, I know what you mean. He's stepping toward the puck as he shoots, right? Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. So like a, a diamond's diamond a good idea, but then, but then the house is wide open, much more open. And that diamond, what you have to do kind of, stay with me here, is flatten it so, into a T. Yeah, yeah, no, you, you know that. what I mean? Like three across and one up top. Yeah. But that's that. an idea. That dime is an idea. But then again, here's another question you would ask yourself if you were Mike Sullivan. You've been killing penalties one way all year long, and you've been pretty good at it lately, right? Yeah. yeah Do you want to reinvent the wheel on your PK? And also, you know, overnight for a particular opponent, let alone one guy. And keep in mind, one thing the Penguins have been really good at is just playing their game. Just play. Sure, sure. So uh, maybe, now might not be the time to overthink. Let me let me propose this. Maybe if Ovi gets a couple goals early in the series from there, you go to a plan B and that's it. It is 5-0 Liverpool at Roma. If I went on the air, I'd probably cry. This is so good. Oh, my God, it's going to be 5-1 now. The minute I mention it, okay, corner kick. 105-9 the X. How you doing, Mark? I'm doing good. The X at 105.9.
412-333-9939. One thing I wanted to get to earlier is I don't feel like this year's Capitals are as good as last year's Capitals. They lost Johansson, Justin Williams, Alsner, and Schmidt. I don't see their replacements for those guys as superior, although sometimes a change in fresh blood can really help, especially when you've uh, not got past a certain point in prior seasons. The Holtby thing in goal was working out good for Washington. He didn't start the series versus Columbus, but then he came in after two periods of the second game, and the pressure was gone. Holtby was suddenly the underdog. He was the comeback story. But he's playing Pittsburgh now. Last year against the Penguins was a weird series for Holtby. He only allowed 17 goals in seven games that series against the Pens, and he never allowed more than three goals. But he didn't make the big save either, and the Capitals lost that series. The year before that, Holtby allowed 16 goals in six games. Not great, but not the worst ever. Let's be blunt. You need better than okay in the playoffs against Pittsburgh, and Holtby was okay these past two years, no better and maybe worse when it came to the big save at the big time, which, again, he did not make. Grabauer played one game against Pittsburgh this year, and he was 1-0 with a save percentage of .973. Holtby was 1-2 against Pittsburgh, and the save percentage was .899. Just saying. It's just going to be a close series, like it always is. Murray has to play better. Uh, he wasn't bad in the Flyer series, but he kind of played like Holtby did against Pittsburgh these last two years, but the Penn's firepower made up the difference against Philadelphia. 412-333-9939. Stan Saverin joins me at the bottom of the hour. Let's go to Kevin in the car. Kevin, you're on the Mark Madden Show. Hey, afternoon, Super G. What up, man? Hey, hey, why well, I agree that Ovi's lethal on the power play, but everything goes through Backstrom. You've got to cut. you got to have your stick on the ice in front of him, block those passing lanes, because it always goes through him. He's the one that, you know, it's either Oshi or Ovi that he's passing to. Well, I, I don't disagree it. with that, but you've got to pick your poison to some degree, don't you? I agree completely, but... If he can't get, you gotta, you gotta pressure him a little bit. He, well, I have, I have dismissed the notion. Across, he gets that. Ovi gets the one timer. Even though I suggested it, Kevin, I've dismissed the notion of manning up on Ovi because that's just not the way you kill penalties. And as you've made clear, they have a lot of other options. They just have a lot of talent on that power play. Like I yeah. said a moment ago, Carlson could shoot just about as well as Ovechkin on that one timer. And you know where they're really dangerous. And this ties back into what you just said about Nick Backstrom. Their puck distribution puts it in the shooter's wheelhouse better than any team I've seen on the power play this year. For, thank, for, you. For, thank you. For all the Penguins have done well on their power play this year, they really haven't put it in the in the wheelhouse for the one-timer. Now, Phil doesn't really shoot one-timers, but Gino has maybe the best one-timer in hockey, this side of Ovechkin anyway, and we don't put it in, in Gino's wheelhouse very well or very often. Let's go to Mike in Garfield. Mike, you're on with Double M. Hey, what's up, Double M? I just got a question for you. Who do you think will win a, a hot dog eating contest, you or Phil Kessel? Uh, who do you think would win a, a money-earning contest, me or in the entire crappy neighborhood of Garfield? Still there? 
Yeah, I'm still here. You know, like, okay, well, like, you know, like, like, I have more money than your whole street. Okay. Any other fat? Any other fat jokes? What What does eating hot dogs have to do with anything? What? I'm fat. You're know, poor. Whatever. I'm fat. You're poor. I'm fat. You're poor. I'm surprised you can afford the phone call, Junior. Do you want to call Collect? I'll help you out. In fact, I'll tell you what, young man. You come down to the Let's station, and I'll give you two bucks and a pair of my old shoes. I'm cool with that. Good, good, because those would be the nicest shoes you've ever had. Because I believe they really do cost more than your house. Actually, I like Garfield. My buddy Kevin Barlow. The former running back was from there. And Bill Hilgers from Garfield, too. Sort of a different Garfield these days. Uh, let's go to Mark in Arkansas. Mark, you're on with Double M. Good afternoon, Mr. Madden. What up? Uh, for, if my memory is correct, we've always been pretty successful in being able to control Alex Ovechkin on the power play in the playoffs at least the last two seasons. So why would we want to really change anything up as far as the penalty kill goes. Uh, I agree. Roma just scored with sucks. That's an away goal. That makes it at least a little bit dangerous in, in Rome. Uh, yeah, I, I agree with you. I don't know why you would want to change anything up. Boy, what a bad play by Lovren. What a terrible day he's had uh, in a 5-1 win. I can live with that. But uh, I agree. I mean, but, but if it starts working like it does when Ovi gets those one-timers, do you adjust is my point. Uh, I would adjust if it's happening consistently, but if he gets one or two here or there, but I really wouldn't sweat it at all. You know what? One or two here or there, I mean, that's more than you think in a playoff series where the history of the two teams is just about every game's decided by one goal. I completely agree with that. Uh, I just think that we shouldn't go and change anything up, really. Obviously, you're going to have to change some things because you have different personnel on the ice from the last two no, seasons. No, 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 you're, but... you're right, and I've been saying that. Uh, at any rate, Mike Sullivan won't change it up. But it, it is just amazing, and thank you for the call. It is just amazing, just amazing how uh, often he gets that one-timer, that opportunity to just blast away from that dot or above, like top of the circle, and it just... It, it, they just never stop him. No team ever can keep him from getting that shot on the power play. Then again, like a prior caller said, with Baxter and the guys they have, they work it around pretty good, don't they? Let's go to uh, Jay in the car. Jay, you're on with Mark. Hey, Mark. Uh, this uh, comment is uh, about Ovechkin being left wide open, and the fact is that uh, the only time they really leave him wide open is when he's no threat on the power play at all. When he is a threat to take the one-timer, then they will slide the box up to accommodate for him. Well, yeah, but, but sometimes when you wait to that moment, it's too late. And like I said, they're good at moving the puck around. And I, I don't want to change the whole PK. I just don't. But it's just, it is incredible how often he gets open. And let me tell you, that won the game last night. It was 2-1, to one, even game. He got that blast game over. Yeah, you don't want to give him that opportunity very often at all because he will bury it. Four one two three 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 ninety nine thirty nine. Uh, by the way, just to go over these things that Rossi tweeted a bit earlier. The Penguins and Caps have played three times, three series in the playoffs since the Sid and Oviera started. They played twenty games. The Penguins have won all three series, twice in seven games and once in six. The Penguins' record is twelve wins, eight losses. They are six and five at DC, five and four in Pittsburgh. Uh, eight and five in one goal games, two and zero oh in game sevens. There have been seven overtime games, and the Penguins have won 
three of those. Uh, four of those, pardon me. So uh, it's just an airtight series. 13 of the 20 games were decided by one goal, and that includes the seven overtime games. Let's go to Roger in Toronto. Roger, very quickly. Yes, sir. Hey, um, I, I heard you mention about the new blood being uh, introduced to some of the teams and adding a spark. Uh, the last couple runs that we had, uh, we had that spark. We had uh, Gensel was our last good one, really. Uh, Aston Reese and those guys, they came up this year, but not that often. So the verdict's kind of out on them. I wonder how they're going to hold up in a series like Washington. Well, certainly the younger guys that, that have played and come up and, and you know stepped into big roles in the playoffs in the past have done well. I will say that Aston Reese looks a little bit tentative, hey, especially with the puck. But, but you know, he's a good hockey player. He's physical. Liverpool have just conceded a penalty. This would be a second away goal. And now things are starting to go to crap. Thank you for the call, though. God bless America. How, how did they get back into this tie at 5-0? They score here 5-2, two, two away goals. They went 3 nothing at Rome, and we're out. And they score. Stan Savard up next. This sucks. 105-9. It's and now the super genius, Mark Madden. Go ahead, you can say it because it's true. It's damn true. Hey, Mark, love the show. Thank you for making my day. Yeah. The X at 105.9. Double M on the X. Joining me now, he's the godfather of the Pittsburgh sports media. He is the great Stan Saverin. Stan, uh, can the Penguins beat Washington without Malkin and Hagelin if it comes to that? Uh, what would they have to do to adjust? Well, I don't think it's going to come to that. Um, I think it would be very difficult without both of them. It would be problematic if they miss either one. Uh, I mean, I think they can survive the loss of either. Both would be a different story, although both serve very different roles. The problem you'd have there is that two-thirds of one line is gone. Uh, you would be losing not only one of your leading scorers, but your best four checker, and arguably I'd put him and Riley Shahan as 1-1A one and one a in terms of penalty killers. Uh, and I'm not saying that they would miss Haglund more than Malkin. They've just got more scoring to compensate for Malkin if need be, not that I'm advocating for that, than they would to find a replacement for Haglund. And I, I think this series uh, is going to really boil down to how well they play defensively. They're going to score goals. Whether Malkin's there or not, they are going to score goals. They always do. Uh, but the question is, can they tighten up their defense, which I think's, uh, think needs considerable tightening. Murray can play better, too. That would help. Yep. And they could play better defense, more systematic defense, but that's just not their style stand to, to trap or to park the bus. Although, if my eyes didn't deceive, they did do it a little bit in the third period at Philadelphia. Yeah, I, I, again, I don't think you have to go to that extreme. Uh, I think one of the things that I have not yet noticed, and one of the things that was so impressive about their cup runs in 16 and 17, is their ability during certain game situations to just lock it down. I'm not talking about protecting a lead and getting defensive and sitting back. That's not what I mean at all. But there were times in the last couple of years and on occasion this year when they would have a lead and they would go into a lockdown mode. And not by sitting back, but by still being aggressive offensively, but not taking chances. And by the way, for checking aggressively, you've got the puck in their zone. They can't score. They become frustrated, and you're eating up minutes. And I don't mean the last seven minutes of the third period. I'm talking about 
the last four minutes of a period. They've given up way too many goals late in periods. Uh, that's a momentum changer. We saw it in the Philadelphia series. So at various times of the game, I saw them do it last year. I know they can do it because I've seen them do it. That's to go into a more aggressive defensive posture without sitting back. They do it, and that's one of the reasons they were able to grind out two cup wins. Are the Caps better this year than they were last? I think their personnel is worse, but Ovi's a lot better this year, and I think there's been a trickle-down from that. You know, it's it's really an interesting dichotomy. I agree with you. I don't think their talent is as good as it was last year, but maybe in their world of their little warped psychology, that turns out to be a good thing. I really believe that the Capitals, because they won the President's Trophy and they won the division by wide margins, actually thought they were better than they actually were. I think they came into this year, I think a lot of people expected them to have a real fall-off. To their credit, they didn't. They still got 105 points and won the division. But I really believe that um, they're not feeling as entitled as they have been because they've been taught a lesson. I don't know if it's enough to beat the Penguins. I tend to doubt it. But I also think uh, the mere fact that they lose the first two games against Columbus and they lose it at home, look, they're very fragile mentally, at least they have been. That has to be a psychological boost for them to lose the first two, then win the next four in a row, three of them away from home. So, I mean, I think they're a little bit tougher mentally, Mark, this year. Maybe not as good talent-wise, but I think that they're a little bit more cohesive, and um, I think they're a little bit mentally strong. Do the Penguins have Holtby's number? Are they in Holtby's head, the, the Washington goalie? I think that probably is the case. Uh, I wondered about Holtby. Um, I wonder if coming back against Columbus um, enabled him to get his game back. Of course, getting your game back against Columbus is one thing. Getting your game back against the Penguins and their offense and a team that's tortured you um, is, is quite another. Uh, I wonder if there was a boost to his confidence or if he'll still see the same demons that he always seemed to see. And as you know, and we've seen for you know 25 years, the Penguins, no matter how well a goalie starts, they break them. They break them down, and by the end of the series, some of them never recover like the Capitals' Jim Carrey. He never recovered once they figured him out. If Gino doesn't play, Broussard is a legit second-line center, but would you leave Shane with Kessel because those two have played together and done pretty well in the past, including Game 6 at Philly? I found it interesting that, of course, he went with Shan up on the second line. Um, and I'm wondering, and I want to hear your thoughts on it, too. When I saw that on Sunday, I wondered, is he doing this because, you know, Kessel and Broussard haven't worked? Or because in Game 5, that was the best game that Broussard and Sherry and Rust had had. And that, that was, they were very good that day, and he didn't want to break that up. I, I don't know what Sullivan's uh, rationale for, for configuring the second and third line centers were. We're talking to Stan Saverin, the godfather. He's brought to you by the law firm of Shenderovich, Shenderovich, and Fishman. Uh, Stan, if Hagelin doesn't play, and, and you mentioned this, they would miss him not only on the PK, but they would miss him on the forecheck, too. I've always felt like he sets the tone, the pace on the Penguins' forecheck. And that would make him a lot bigger loss than, than you could uh, look at statistically. Absolutely. Uh, again, I mean, you can't discount the loss of Evgeny Malkin, although apparently, according to what we uh, heard today, he, he should be okay. Um, but but Haglin, I've always believed this. Uh, 
Jim Rutherford brought in a lot of key personnel, but I really think that it began with Carl Hagelin because Hagelin played the kind of game that Mike Sullivan wanted to play but couldn't with the personnel that he had. And obviously there are plenty of other players who have been responsible for the transformation uh, beginning in December of 2016. But I really believe that Hagelin was the first major piece because it elevated their team speed. You've called him the best four-checker in the NHL. Uh, I agree with that. Um, he's tenacious. He works well. That's a, that's a good line. No matter who's on the right wing with Geno, Hagelin and, and, and Malkin work. Uh, and, and, and Haglin does some things, even if he got a goal the other day in, in game six, but, but Haglin's value is, is multifaceted. And you know what? To be a cup winner, not everybody uh, has to score 30 goals a year. Uh, everybody has to fill a role, and that's a very valuable role because of the game that Mike Sullivan wants to play. Who can step up on the wing stand if Haglin can't go? I guess Aston Reese has to be the guy. And I think he's looked okay. I like him better than, say, Dominic Simone. But uh, Aston Reese sometimes is a bit shaky with the puck. Yeah, he is. Um, and, again, I think it depends. His game will depend on who he's playing with. Um, I still think, you know, Brian Rust um, is a guy uh, you can always generally count on in big games uh, to come up if they're, if they're missing some personnel. Um, I don't know uh, what you know, what the best fit would be up on the left wing uh, if, if Haglund can't play, let's say, um, and you're looking for a left wing on, on Geno's line. Um, uh, uh, again, if Hornquist is up on the first line, if Kessel's up on the, third li- uh, the second line, then you might need a grinder type like Aston Reese to go get the puck and, and win uh, wall battles like Haglund does. So my guess is that would be the case because you've got people who can fill in on the fourth line and fill that role. Uh, what if it comes down to Sid against Ovi? Because Sid was amazing in the first round stand, and Ovechkin wasn't very far behind. No, I mean, Ovechkin, um, uh, you got to give him credit. Uh, the goal he scored last night uh, was not a snipe. Uh, the one where he was standing in front of the net and, and got the backhander in. Um, but you can neutralize Ovechkin if you have a good penalty kill. Um, he tends not, to, in the past anyway, he tends not to have hurt the Penguins and people in general five on five. It's, it's the power play where he absolutely kills you, which always amazes me. As talented as he is, you know where he's going to be. It's not like you have to send out a search party to find him. He's going to be in that left wing circle and he's going to blast away. Um, I, again, we've, had this discussion. I mean, Sid is his two hundred foot game is far superior. I mean, I think Ovechkin probably doesn't get the credit that he deserves individually because his teams haven't done very well. But again, I think to a degree you can help neutralize him if a you stay out of the box and b kill penalties when you have the opportunity. Paying special attention to him. Jake Ensel now has nineteen goals in thirty one career playoff games. Stan, he's averaging point six one three goals per game in the playoffs. And that ranks fifth all time, just behind Rocket Richard, just ahead of Wayne Gretzky. I don't even know what to add to that. I never heard about the other two. Uh, uh, <laughs> that's pretty amazing. You know, it, it's a funny thing. Uh, I had his dad, Mike, on, who, as you know, is the uh, assistant associate coach at Minnesota. I had him on my show yesterday, and I talked to him about these big game performances and high-leverage circumstance games and series. 
He said, you know what? He said he was always that way. When they were playing bantam hockey and they had like an all-star game or a big game or in high school or even at Nebraska-Omaha, he always did well, even as a young, young, young kid in, in big games. He said he's just always had that capacity, which I found interesting for his father to say that, he wasn't surprised. Uh, what surprised me was is that Mike Gensel and his wife and his other son and a bunch of friends, they went to a Buffalo Wild Wings and watched the game over there in the Twin Cities. you think they would have watched it in their living room, but they went to, uh, out in the public, and people were coming up to him and congratulating him. But he said Jake's always been that way. He's a you know, high-leverage, high-stakes player. One thing really impressed me in the Philadelphia series, I thought the top four defense all played very well. Uh, I thought the bottom pair struggled, but the top four were fine. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, I, you know, I think that that top four is is pretty darn good. They they had their moments, but I agree. I do think that the bottom pairing is a problem. Um, I think Alexiak had a very poor series, uh, and and I liked the guy when he got here. I was amazed at how well he skates. But I think uh, I'm wondering. Um, in the past, as you know, even in the playoffs, Mike Sullivan would sit a guy down uh, if only to send him a message. It seems to me that Sullivan's confidence in Jamie Alexiak is waning, and all you have to do is look at the minutes played. Uh, he gets no penalty kill time whatsoever, virtually, and Sunday he had barely 10 minutes of ice time, really low for defensemen. And if you look at his time on ice throughout the series, it has decreased, decreased, decreased. Some of that is due to game circumstance, certainly. But I'm just wondering, would he consider putting Hunwick in? Well, Stan, I, I certainly would. Uh, you took the thought right out of my head because uh, I think Alexiak played better on the right side than he is on the left. And I just don't think you can put a kid like Ruedel in there, game in and game out, in the grind of the playoffs. I think it's worn down physically and mentally, as we saw on that uh, that loose puck that trickled through Murray's legs. He had a lot of time to make a play uh, on that puck, better than he did, but instead he just let it lay there and Couturier poked it in for Philadelphia's first goal on, on Sunday. Yeah, um, you know, I think, you know, I don't think that Ruido's been horrible, um, but, you know, he is a rookie, although he's, he's not a young kid, but he's uh, in the NHL. And you're right, if they played Hunwick, and I know people don't like Hunwick, but he is a veteran, um, and, and, you know, he's, he's not horrible. Uh, it would allow Alexiak to go back to the right side, uh, which hopefully would make him exponentially better. The only reason I would be reluctant uh, to sit him down is that you got Tom Wilson running around. And, you know, Tom Wilson can do some things. He got his team in trouble, actually, in the first two games by taking stupid penalties, and that's not out of the realm of possibility. But maybe you'd like to at least start off this series, especially in Washington, um, where they, they, their shoulders are a bit bigger when they're at home as opposed to when on the road. Maybe you want Alexiak in the lineup uh, just to make sure that, you know, Tom Wilson is held in check. Oh, no, I wouldn't bring Alexiak out. If anything, I would, I would sit Ruiz. He'll stand finally. Uh, what do you expect the Steelers will do in the first round on Thursday night? Uh, an inside linebacker seems the obvious choice, but the Steelers have never thought that you draft by position, have they? No, they're going to take the best guy. I mean, to a degree. I mean, you know, it's amazing how coincidentally sometimes the best guy happens to be the biggest position of need. So, I mean, I don't buy into that uh, fully. They're, I mean, they're not going to reach for something that they don't need. This talk of drafting a quarterback this year in the first round is pure folly, um, or a running back for that matter. My guess is, is that if none of the inside linebackers are there, they will draft either a, a safety 
um, one of these new hybrid safeties, the kind of guy who can play in the box, who can play back. I think the definition of how we, we look at safeties and think of Troy Polamalu. We look at safeties and think of Ed Reed. Well, the game has changed a lot now uh, because everybody's passing so much. Um, I wouldn't even be surprised if they don't like any of the safeties if they don't take a real good cornerback. You know, that would allow them at that point, if the guy's that good, to start him, to make Artie Burns a slot corner um, or vice versa, um, or to go with uh, you know a lot of nickel coverage. So, uh, again, I honestly think that if the inside linebacker's not there, then I think they'll take a, either a safety or a corner. Stan, great stuff. I'll see you Thursday on your show. All right, Mark. Thank you. That is Stan Saverin. He's brought to you by the law firm of Shenderovich, Shenderovich, and Fishman. Up next, we'll talk to Bob McLaughlin, 105.9. And now, the super genius, Mark Madden. Are you saying that because you know it'll make me make fun of you? Yes, I love you, Mark. But I'll be quite blunt, slap nuts. The X at 105.9. I'm joined now by Bob McLaughlin. Bob's brought to you by 84 Lumber. Bob, Stan said something I found very interesting. That maybe after being humbled by the Penguins the last two years and underachieving by the standard set by their regular season record, maybe the Caps are less entitled now and might do better because of it. Uh, I can't dismiss that because if they're not humbled, they should be, and they did show great resilience against Columbus after losing the first two games at home. Yeah, Mark, I'd buy that. Uh, Good point by him, Um, although I think it all starts with what you talked about earlier in the show. Ovechkin's playing better. Uh, you know, their top line is playing better because Nets have now centering Ovi. That seems to be just smooth. Those guys accounted for most of the points in that playoff round against Columbus. They're not a great deep team, third and fourth lines, but boy, their top six and Carlson, uh, they put the puck in the back of the net. So who knows? Maybe they now, you know, hey, the Penguins had to mature. Remember the first time that they played Detroit? A lot of people said this is a young team. They got to mature. They have to earn their way. Maybe that's where we're looking at with the Caps, although Yeah, but the Penguins they didn't are get to the young. final. The Caps have, haven't gotten out of the second round. <laughs> right. And like you said, they ain't that young. And they're not young, right. Uh, how much relevance do past results have? Uh, I'll buy that 16 and 17, the results of those two series, have some bearing on this year. Not a lot, but some. But if you go back any further than that, like, for example, I don't think what Larry Murphy did <laughs> on either side of the coin. He played for both teams in the rivalry have much to do with anything. No, absolutely agreed. Um, but you have to think, as you just said, the 16 and 17, boy, that just puts the pressure on the Caps, though. That they, I mean, their fans are already thinking, oh, no, not again. You saw it on social media last night. Now, the Capitals can't say that, but the Capitals can use words like familiar, and we haven't beaten them yet, and we know how to play them, and, you know, now it's our time. Uh, so... Yeah, there's some relevance there, but boy, once they drop the puck on whatever day they drop the puck, maybe we'll find out by the weekend. Uh, that all goes away. By the way, uh, Larry Murphy never did play for the Capitals against the Penguins. I, I had that mixed up. So Dino Cicerelli, ally of Frady. Oh my God, those names. You know who did? Sergey Gonchar did. Sergey Gonchar played for the Caps in that famous Peter Nedved However many overtime, he was in front of the net when the puck went in. Wow. Never would have remembered that. That's how little that that matters. No no, no question. Uh, Can they get by? Can they beat the Caps without Malkin and Haglund if it comes to that? Um, Without Malkin and Haglund? That's a tall order, Nordberg. Um, I don't know if they're able to pull that one off because you're taking away so much 
of what makes them tick. Like you talked about with Stan, you're taking away Haglin on the four check, which you say sets the tone, and I agree with you, and I think a lot of Penns fans would. That just dials up the speed for them. People follow Haglin and his speed. He goes in, gets the puck, those guys work off it. And, you know, what Gino can do by puck control, by creating, um, when he's fired up, there's nothing on the ice that guy can't do. If you take both of them out of the equation, it just weakens you right down the middle. And it might sound dumb because I'm not equating Haglin to Gino. No, but if, no. But, but let's say you have Haglin and not Gino. Then at least you're forechecking like you always do. At least your penalty kill has its main components. And and they played pretty good Sunday in Philadelphia without Gino. Right, and you're and not changing. Come to think of it, Haglund didn't last too long either, did he? Yeah, well, but you're not changing so many parts. There aren't so many removable, I mean, movable parts, Mark. So if you one or the other, um, yeah, I would think they have a chance. Um, both of them out, I think that chance would would be uh, reduced to slim. Now the big discussion on the show is, Ovi stands in the same spot, and just blasts away on the power play. And nobody can stop it. Should special precautions be taken to stop it? Should you man up on Ovi or just use your regular PK? I think you use the regular PK. Um, How many times have Penguin fans seen this, Mark? How many times have we asked this same question? And I specifically remember two years ago, there was a video either on NHL.com or somewhere, I don't know, one of those sites, where it showed just what Alex Ovechkin does. And what he does is he sits in that circle. As soon as somebody comes over to cover him and the puck goes to the other side, that defenseman or that person covering him has to turn and know where the puck is. Ovi takes two or three strides backwards. If the guy comes over and follows him, they send the puck around the other end again. He takes two or three strides forwards towards the net. He just slips like a stick length away from the person. They always talk about time and, and space. He occasionally goes to the net and somebody fills in behind him. And I believe if the Penguins did man up on him, he would just go in front of the net. Absolutely. And he would drag that person down there. And like you said, they've got some howitzers back there with Carlson, um, with other people who can put the puck on net very strong. Uh, and puck seems to find its way in when it's that jammed up out front, doesn't it? Hey, you saw Ovi go to the net last night. I know it wasn't a power play, but his, his first goal, he was right there on the doorstep and he banged that one home. He's old, but he's still got the hands and he still has the cannon. Absolutely. That's Bob McLaughlin. He's brought you by 84 Lumber. In just 30 seconds, I'll give my analysis about those who give NFL draft analysis. And uh, Chris Letang with an interesting quote about Ovechkin on the power play. We'll get to that in a moment here on 105.9.